This episode is brought to you by Amazon.com. On Amazon.com, you'll find great deals on Blu-rays, video games, digital downloads, such as Dan St. Germain's new stand-up album, Bad at the Good Times, which is a real page-turner of an album. Get that and other great stuff for your entertainment needs by going to thexcomedy.com and clicking on the Amazon banner on the right side of the screen. Place your order and enjoy immediately. That's Amazon.com. Hello and welcome to Tits and Giggles. This is a podcast for women in comedy and I am your host, Sue Smith. What's up? I am just back from the Berkshires, uh, which is like in Massachusetts. I guess I had only heard of the Berkshires before because of Legally Blonde, where um, at the end, the evil stepmother goes away. She gets wrapped in gold. You know what I mean? You know that? I love Legally Blonde. It was the first time I was like, when I watched that, I was like, oh, you can be beautiful and smart. Just because you're smart doesn't mean, th- or just because you're um, pretty doesn't mean you have to be dumb. Because she went to Harvard Law School. Everyone underestimated her, and then she did. And also, I think this is a problem with the Kardashians, too. Okay, I love the Kardashians, and I think our culture hates the Kardashians because they assume they're dumb, they're famous for nothing, and blah, blah, blah. And there's this visceral hatred, and I think it's just like a hatred of things that are super girly. I think it's like a women's hatred of women's stuff, of a women's agenda. Um, like, Because who cares that they're famous for nothing? They're really uh, great people who are very vulnerable, And are very real. Speaking of which, Bruce Jenner, I haven't had a chance to um, watch the whole thing, but I'm going to sit down with the rest of it later tonight. I saw the first half an hour. Oh, so incredible. So amazing. And like, I just always assumed that people can't really hide things who are in the public eye like that. So I was like, it must be made up that he's transitioning um, because we would have known because he's so much in the public eye. Um, but no, he hid it from us. We were all duped that he is transitioning and good for him, you know, great. And I wonder if Jill Soloway hadn't made transparent, if, um, he would have come out and he would have felt comfortable doing this. Um, I think she made a vessel for a lot of people to feel comfortable in herself. So like amazing. That's great. I love that show. I can't wait to see the next season. Um, Does that make sense about the Kardashians? I think there's this visceral hatred of them uh, because we are taught to hate women who are super girly and who are super feminine and who care about their clothes and we think they're dumb or something. But Kim Kardashian is a very smart businesswoman, very smart. And you can uh, see that she gives this talk in Silicon Valley in one of the most recent episodes. um, And all these uh, tech people are surprised afterwards by how smart she is. She is a savvy businesswoman. So um, don't hate the Kardashians. They're great and ridiculous and great business people. And they know a lot about fashion, you know? They dress real good. And I'm jealous of their hair and makeup. They, like, have these two hair and makeup people that they live with. No, I don't know if they live with them, but they're always with them. I'm so jealous. And they always have great hair. Um, There was a few things. Oh, I did ride my bike. Update. I did ride my bike. It's great. It's so smooth, and it's so fast, and I love it. Um, The problem is, it's like I had these long days, so I'll ride it in in the morning, 
And then I'll be like, wait, I have to do two shows and I have to go to UCB and do a meeting and blah, blah, blah. So I'll leave it somewhere and I won't be able to ride it home because I'll be too exhausted. It'll be like 11 o'clock at night and I'll be like, I can't ride it home after this. So when I have like one thing to do in a day, I'll do it. Uh, I'll ride it more. I don't know. And also I've lived in this neighborhood in Brooklyn for so long, so many years, that the ride is boring to me. The ride over the Williamsburg Bridge is super boring and familiar to me. Um, and I'm so not into it. Uh, I'm so just like, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I just get bored with it. But you know what? I gotta get a better ass. Gotta look like Kardashian. I need a Kardashian ass. P.S. How did Chloe get that ass? Ugh, I don't know. Because she didn't have that before, and now it's like crazy, like a Kim-style ass. Anyway, guys, okay, update on my cat scabs also. So I took her to the vet two weeks ago, and she had um, an antibiotic and a steroid. She had, like, injections of them, and then the scabs went away. And now, today, I get back from the butchers, and she has scabs again on her ears. And if anyone has any solutions to this, please email me, because I need to know. I'm feeding her anti-hypoallergenic food. Um, I clean her ears. I'm using like, um, antifungal stuff on her ears and nothing's working and I don't want her to be in pain, you know? So if, if you have a cat that gets scabs, let me know what I can do and how you fixed it because, ugh, I need to know. Sue.smith at gmail.com. That's my real email address and my real name. I'm an early adopter. That's how I got that. Um, I think I talk too fast. I have a lot of thoughts in my head, you know? I, um, my stand-up class has their show tonight, and I know that that sounds dumb to, like, be like, oh, a class about stand-up comedy, but here's the thing, is that, like, I encounter a lot of improvisers who want to be stand-ups, but just don't know how to make that transition, so that's what this class is for, and I'm, this is the third section of it, um, and I've gotten the opportunity to teach some pretty funny people, which is exciting, so we have our last class and our show tonight, so that's gonna be great, there's that. Oh, guys, aw, I'm putting on an EP on uh, the Experiment Comedy. Produced an EP, so like I recorded it back in January, um, and I was like, this is never going to be real, <laughs> just because, I don't know, whenever someone asks me to do something, I just say yes, but never assume anything's going to come of it. Um, but my friend Heidi sort of made it, happened or was very persistent like we have to get this thing out we have to do it so it's coming out um next monday next tuesday the 5th um it's called slutty pretzel which is what people assume when you tell them that you're a yoga teacher they think you're a slutty pretzel um and there's a pre-order link up on the experiment comedy right now and what else oh we're having an amazing show next thursday the 7th at the treehouse i gotta tell you who's on the show i'm so stoked um it is josh gondelman joe para ashley brick roberts lucas kaiser tim duffy may wilkerson all my favorite people that make me laugh so hard i just want to come and um have them on my show and laugh and have a fun time you know so that's what we're gonna do 8 o'clock next Thursday at Over the 8. It'll be 5 bucks, but that includes a free copy, a free download of the album. Okay, let me tell you about some other shows I have this week. Tuesday, 7.30, I have a storytelling show at Treehouse, and then our 8 o'clock Amazing Town, which I have 
every week, which is a lot of fun. And um, Wednesday, ooh, okay, Wednesday I have an 8 o'clock storytelling show. The theme is how to fight loneliness. So I'm excited but also nervous because I think I'm going to be vulnerable. And then on Wednesday at 11 o'clock at UCB Chelsea, I'm doing a show called Can't Stop, Won't Stop, which is about confronting your haters. And I am going to read a famous letter that was sent to me by a very popular stand-up comedian when I started Open Michelle, the women's open mic. And it's scathing. And he's just telling me all the reasons why women's open mic is a dumb idea, how it's not going to benefit women, and how I should not even do it. And it's totally dumb. And blah, blah, blah. Women aren't as funny as men. Ugh, it's like 10 pages, and I never met this guy, and he just sent it to me. It's like 10 pages. i got to edit it down. And I will tell you who the person is if you come to the show. I will name names at the show, but I'm not going to do that on this podcast. That'd be dumb. Um, so that's Wednesday, the 29th, 11 o'clock at UCB Chelsea. Thursday, the 30th, we have Open Michelle, and then I'm doing a show in Long Island City called Let Me Finish. Ooh, Saturday the 2nd, I'm doing House Hecklers at Videology at 7.30. And that's a show where me, Pat Bear, Katie Healy, Wurzberg, and Megan O'Keefe sit around and make fun of House Hunters, <laughs> show clips from House Hunters and make fun of them, <laughs> because it's the best show. Um, yeah, those are some on, I, if you had to choose, okay, if you could only choose maybe a couple shows to come to, what I would say is Can't Stop, Won't Stop, the 11 o'clock, I would say House Hunters, House Hecklers. Uh, Saturday, 7.30 at Videology. And I would say the EP release show, Thursday the 7th at 8 p.m. I mean, I know that, like, you don't have all the time in the world, but if you do have a little bit of time, that would be great. Um, that would be just great. Anyway, I've been talking a long time. Enough about me. Let's get to my guest. It's Eliana Horechko, and she is very lovely. She's very funny. I've known her for a couple years now. And uh, I just, she's just a pleasure to be around and talk to. So, here it is. Uh, my hair is all kinds of funk. I've been postponing a uh, haircut for a really long time, and I actually had to push it back another week. Really? Yeah. No, I like it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It is getting to the point where it's like the bangs are getting in my... You know bang trouble. Mm-hmm. You Do you cut yours bang. yourself? Sometimes. Yeah. In between, because if not, uh, it's expensive to get your hair cut in New York, which is why I go so long without doing it. Is it cheaper in LA? I mean, you can get just as expensive in L.A., but so I have, like, very fine hair, and it's, if you cut it wrong, it takes, like, forever to grow back in, mm. and I don't like having terrible people cut my hair, because then if I have a shitty haircut, it lasts for a really long time. Really? Yeah. My hair takes a long time to grow. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, like, if, so, like... People think, they're like, oh, I can cut, like, this layer, and they'll cut it too, like, chunky, and then it looks like I have some weird asymmetrical 80s haircut, and then <laughs> it's just, yeah, Aww. it's the worst. But yeah, Bren, yeah. you okay there? <laughs> she found a fly and then almost fell off. Oh, oh kitty. She's getting old. How old are your dogs? You have two dogs, yeah? Yes, yeah. What kind of dogs? One's, they're mutts. One's like an Australian shepherd, golden something. I, she's got a bunch of shit in there. Yeah. Um, and then the other one's a terrier mutt. He's kind of long, so we think there might be some dachshund in there. Um, 
They're about like five. I don't. In my head, there'll always be like two. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's like your babies. They will always be babies to you. Yeah. These animals, and I hate myself for thinking that they're my babies, but no, I can't help it. I don't hate myself for thinking you don't. Babies. <laughs> well, because people always mock us and be like, "Oh, you have an animal. You couldn't have birthed it." Like, you know what I mean? You don't. Get it just it. makes me feel crazy, though. <laughs> right? You don't ever feel that. What? Like. Well, do you ever refer to your cats as babies? Absolutely. Okay. But, like, you don't ever feel judgment or, like, hear people... I don't give a fuck. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I care too much about what people say. I get a lot of shit from my sister-in-law who has actual human babies. Oh. So I think that's where my, like, paranoia comes from. Oh, really? Is that... Yeah. Do you get pressure from that family to have babies? I've been having I've been having pressure to have babies since I was in college. Yeah. When I was in college, my mom told me if I had a baby like accidentally that she would take care take of care it. of it for me. <laughs> yeah. No. She was like, "You shouldn't be having sex." And I hope to God you're not having sex right now. But if there's like an accident, like you accidentally have sex and have a baby. I will take care of it for you. In fact, she kind of, like, mentioned it a lot, so I think she secretly wanted wants, me yeah. to accidentally have a baby. She wants grandkids, yeah. She Well, she has them. She's being just really selfish yeah. and greedy. She just has already so many and just wants much, much more. Oh, really? How many... Yeah. So you have a lot of nieces and nephews? Tons, yeah. How many? Christmas gets expensive. I guess. Uh-huh. I spent, like, $300 on all those. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had to fly to L.A. to give them these, uh, yeah. And the thing that was so annoying, too, is they, like, ripped them all open and, like, didn't even look at what they were. So, like, what they did is just ripped off all of the wrapping and then chucked everything in a pile and didn't even register, like, what the thing was Mm. and then got really pissed off that there weren't more gifts. Yeah. Yeah, they were super shitty about it. And I was like, I'm really glad I spent $300 on you guys. Um, But how many are there? There's, like, it's eight or ten of them at this point i don't know i'm a terrible aunt i don't know how old they are i don't know no how can you keep track there's so many how how many many brothers and sisters do you have i have three older brothers okay yeah so um do you guys think you want kids of your own eventually i'm like honestly terrified of having one like i used to work with physical that and like i used to work with autistic kids and i'm terrified of having like they're so much, they're sweet kids. It's just, there's so much work and that's like a commitment for the rest of your life. And like the stress of like, if you, when you die, not if, like we're all going to die. No, I'm not, uh, no, no. <laughs> But like when you die, then what's going to happen to that kid? He can't take care or she can't take care of her and himself. So it's, what, what's going to happen to them? It's like the whole other sister. It to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> she, well, I hope I die after she does. I'd be really sad. She She'll take all the babies. Your from mom the grave. would be like, "I've been waiting." <laughs> oh yeah, she'll kill me if I have babies out here and I don't move back to LA to have them. Do you guys want to move back? Do you? How are you liking New York? I love New York. Yeah, I've always wanted to live in New York ever since I saw Felicity. <laughs> yeah, of course, me too. That was when it happened. Have you rewatched Felicity mm. recently? By the way, it doesn't hold up. <laughs> really really watch it. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I was like, oh, why did I like this so much? Oh my god. Yeah. I should really rewatch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Felicity is the reason I like Carrie Russell. Absolutely. <laughs> it's the only reason I'll ever watch her in anything else is because of the fucking show. And Ben, man. Ugh. Ben and Noel. Ben. So did you, wait, tell me about how you started comedy. 
I don't even know about that. You don't even know. Mm-hmm. We haven't had this discussion. We haven't had this discussion. Um, how, okay, so... I, when I was a kid, instead of watching cartoons, I would watch Comedy Central. And, and I would Felicity. just... <laughs> and Felicity. <laughs> um, but then I would go to school and I would repeat the jokes I heard. So basically I was plagiarizing all through my youth. And um, I liked how it felt, you know, getting laughs. Like, it's my favorite feeling is to yeah. get laughs. Isn't it's the, it the best feeling. It's better than sex, honestly. I know I can say it out loud because mine isn't here, and I've told him that to his face before. He's like, eh, "Well, you know, he's a good sport, though. He understands." Uh, but um, but I actually was too scared to do it for ever, and actually, I still get the moments of panic for it. Do you too? Like, sometimes? depending, it depends on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah like panic and anxiety. Um, but I didn't do it because I was terrified, and um, my parents really tried to persuade me against any sort of arts or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, they, didn't, they wanted me to either be a doctor or work some kind of field where it would be a steady job, unlike arts where you don't know what's going to happen. Um, so I listened to them until I got to college, and then I, you know, just did whatever I wanted, and then I... Ended up, instead of going into advertising, I traveled the world and then started doing, like, acting stuff. But I was still too scared to do stand-up. So the way I started stand-up specifically was uh, I needed a job, and my friend got me a podcast-producing job. Wait, where did you go to school? UCLA. UCLA. Yeah. And you traveled the world after college? After college, yeah. Performing? No, no, no. No, no, no. I hadn't really... I did a... um, I did a sketch TV show at UCLA called oh. The Mike and Ben Show. It was the best. And I still I love those dudes. Half of them are out here in New York and then half of them are still in LA. Um, they're awesome. And I think like they're partially responsible for changing the course of my life because, you know, I was able to do that. And then the travel, I was like, life's too short to not do what you want to do. Yeah. Um, and like, I generally live my life where I don't want to have any regrets. I want to at least have tried everything I want to try. Cause like, if you don't, then you just you fucking die and then you'll never have done it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I traveled and my life really changed and I just started doing what I wanted to do. And then, my friend got me that podcasting producing job, and uh, it was for Greg Fitzsimmons. Really? <laughs> yeah, Fitzdog Radio and the Greg Fitzsimmons Show on Sirius. And um, this was after college. This was after college, okay. and after I did all my traveling. This so. is like your first job out of college. Uh, no, I was actually working with the autistic kids before that. Okay. I worked as a behavioral therapist for like two and a half years. Is that what you said you did in college? I was a psychology major in college. So, I mean, like, technically it lends well into that. Like, I wanted to be a therapist. Mm -hmm. And then I got to my last year of school and I was like, I really don't want to sit and listen to people's problems all day. (laughs) Like, it's really different. I was super interested in abnormal psych and, like, all the disorders and stuff. And I really wanted to treat them. But I feel like I would get super depressed just listening to people. Because you would take it all on? Yeah. Yeah. And technically, therapists actually go to therapists themselves to sort of, like, process. But I feel like... That's your whole day, man. Just listening to people's shit. And, like, some people's shit's really, really intense. Yeah. Like, I I don't even... I've had a really blessed life and that I haven't had a lot of really, really terrible shit happen mm-hmm. to me. I've had some bad stuff. Like, everybody's had at least a little bit, but I haven't had stuff that, like, 
it's real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, I've been pretty lucky, so I don't know how I would handle listening to that all the time. So anyways, uh, I was working with Greg, and I... Wait, I want to like, talk about that. <laughs> okay. Autistic kids? Yeah, we can talk about that. Wait, wait, wait. So when did you decide that you didn't, while you were still in school, that you didn't want to be a therapist listening to problems all day? Yeah. I didn't okay. want to be a therapist, and then I wasn't sure what I was going to do, because okay. I actually wanted to be a psychiatrist, so I wanted to get, like... PhD. Like, I wanted okay. to go to like more school, and then I was like, "Well, there's no point in doing that because that's expensive. It's going to take a while, and I'm going to be still listening to people's problems, and then not really get to fix them, and have to drug these people because that's on a totally different level of even like I don't know school or counseling therapy or marriage yeah. counseling. It's totally I don't know. I feel like I would be in over my head at that point. It's just drugs." Yeah, you're, you're really just prescribing drugs at the end of the day. Um, and my friend's mom was a psychiatrist, and I heard some stuff from her. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. What did you hear from her? I mean, just, like, some of the story. She, I mean, like, obviously, there's patient confidentiality, so she can only sort of speak in generalities and stuff. But, like, I just saw how it affected her, too. and like, Really? Yeah, I mean, she wasn't, like all torn up but you know she's seen some, she's seen some shit you know mm. what I mean there's like that heaviness in people mm. when they've like seen some shit and like their just general view of the world is just really a struggle like you just don't have faith in anybody and I've had those moments but I can only imagine listening to actual instances of this shit that it makes it way worse I feel like I would take it on too. Yeah, like, right. It affect me. Yeah. yeah, like I get really easily affected by stuff. I'm an empathizer, like to a fault. I think. Me too. Yeah, yeah. I can't watch the news. I get sad. Yeah. yeah. No, I hate watching the news. Like sometimes I look online at headlines just because I'm like I should be current. I should know what's happening. But then I'm like, fuck. Mm. I'm terrified of everything that's happening right now. Absolutely. Have you heard of the doomsday clock thing? No. See? You're going to get sad. Tell me. I need to know. So, like, apparently there's this group of scientists that have been, like, basically counting down to the apocalypse. Okay. And they've done all these studies and testing and whatever. I mean, there weren't a whole lot of specifics in this article, and I was, like, I got so nervous about what this article said. I didn't really want to research it deeper because I didn't want to get in this, like, rabbit hole of, like, doomsday shit. So, uh, basically, um, it's measured in, like, how many minutes till midnight, which midnight is the apocalypse, and that's when the world just, like, destroys itself. There's no day. That's the thing. This is the thing that made me the most anxious is the fact that there is no day. There's no actual, like... So, it's... Minutes till midnight. So we've been at like five minutes till midnight, which is like we don't have that much time because we've destroyed so much of our ozone and everything and the the world can't like sustain itself in uh-huh. this level of damage that it's at. Um, and we just lost in the past like year or two, two more minutes. So now oh. we're at three minutes till midnight. And like the whole time I was searching the article, I'm like, how long is three minutes? How long is three minutes? And I was like freaking the fuck out. How much longer do I have to do this? How much longer? Because like let me know exactly how long three minutes is because then I'll start like just using the rest of my money and like just yeah. being crazy and doing whatever the fuck I want because we're going to explode anyway. Cause yeah. Anyways. So that put me into a panic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Shit like that. Mm-hmm. Anyways. So... Autistic kids. What did you do with those guys? 
Uh, so as a behavioral therapist, so I would basically go and shadow them at school and mm-hmm. help them socialize in class. Because it's basically a, a social disorder. They can't, they don't understand social rules and they have a lot of, uh, um, they do self-stim a lot, which um, it's self-stimulatory behaviors. So they'll do things like flap their hands or they all have different ones and some are uh, less appropriate than others. <laughs> like some would just like hump couches, and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which he was my favorite. He was really, it was something else. Um, he was a gentleman though. He never humped me. So it was really sweet. Bless. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I would just work with them in school and basically like get other f- kids to be friends with them so that they can play. <laughs> well, like you're supposed to be, <laughs> Sounds really sad. I would just pay them. <laughs> I had so many gummy bears. On, uh-huh. no. I um, no, you were supposed to be like the cool older brother or sister that like everyone wants to hang out with you because you're older and like you know shit and you know you could show them how it's done or whatever. And so I did that. Uh, and some kids are super sweet and are super cool about it and like really want to help. And then some kids are just assholes and they don't and they're just like ew you're weird or you're different and they don't want to hang out with the kid so it's like really sad um I would also go to their homes and Mm -hmm. I would um like essentially train them for like three hours at a time and then train their parents on how to to work with them and talk with them so Mm. it's intense man the parents were harder to work with than the kids the kids actually uh because all the parents have major guilt that they've essentially broken their kid um, it's not the parents' fault, though, right? Is it? Um, it's Autism? not. It, well, there's no real set cause for it. I mean, it's a variety of factors, and they can't figure out mm-hmm. what it is. Some parents uh, have been listening to Jenny McCarthy, and they think it's the vaccines. Actually, her kid was one of the kids at our uh, company. Oh, really? I didn't work with him, but yeah, she pulled him out before he was done getting because we're early intervention, and so the thought is you train them to basically. We don't like cure them. We don't make their behaviors go away, but we make them like realize like, oh, I'm feeling this behavior come on, so I'm going to <clears throat> like sit on my hands until the feeling goes away, so mm. that I don't like draw attention to myself, or like I learned that I'm supposed to keep like two hands in between me and the other person because they don't understand. You're close space. talkers. They don't get it. Yeah. They get like right up in your face and they don't understand. I go like, oh, pants, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Put your hand in the face and then um, they get it. Or, like, it's really cute because sometimes when they were learning, they'd have to, like, remind themselves the rules because they're very, like, literal. They're very black and white. Yeah. They don't see, like, any sort of crossover. So, like, if there's exceptions to rules, they're, like, thrown off, you know? Anyways, uh, it was really cute when I taught this kid to use a tissue when he sneezed. Uh, and when he, like, finally got it, it was, like, the best moment ever because it took months. He was using my shirt and, like, anything around him to, like... Because, you know, when kids sneeze, they're just, like, snot every... Yeah, they're just, yeah, they're, yeah. Like, <laughs> So you would just... I'd have, like, this, this like, wet strip on my shirt that would, like, crust at the end. Like, it was, oh. So when he learned, it was, like... I was, like, crying. I'm, like, oh, God, you did it! You did oh, it! God. You, you used your tissue. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was an intense But job, the parents though. were harder? The parents were harder because, so not only did they have, like, a lot of guilt about it. Yeah. Um, they also, they would, like, get really shitty with me and that, like, oh, you just come in for three hours. Because they would get mad that the kid would listen to me and not them. Mm. 
uh, like, what is it about me? Like, why aren't they listening? They would get hurt or something. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they were like, well, you can do it because then you can leave. You know, you're here for three hours and then you can just, like, turn it off and you don't have to do it anymore. But I have to be with the kid all the time. And I was like, well, the kid's only awake for another three hours after I'm <laughs> gone, you know? And then you go to work all day. So it's like, but they always said to me, you just don't understand because you don't have kids. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, I don't have kids, but I that doesn't mean I don't understand what it's like. I work with these kids from 8 a.m. until 6 p.m. every day. Yeah. So I understand what it's like to be with an autistic child for a lot of hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but they would have a really hard time, and they weren't consistent, because also, like, the kids are super smart and manipulative, and they know that the parents feel a lot of guilt, and mm. so... They know how to play their parents, essentially. And so the parents would break down and just do whatever the kid would want after, I don't know, X amount of times. My cat just jumped on the table from the fridge. That was pretty smooth. Anyways. So, okay. So then Greg Fitzdog. Fitzdog. And so you were his producer? Yeah. I started off as his web girl, and then I worked my way to producer and eventually became executive producer. So, um... That was really fun, and I figured since I'm working for a comedian, this would probably be the best time to start stand-up. And what made you want to do it? Stand-up? Yeah. I'd always wanted to, but I was too scared to. Okay. Uh, I always wanted to. Comedy Central, when you were a kid, and repeating the jokes. Got yes. Plagiarizing. <laughs> Plagiarizing when I was a kid. I'm reading a Joan Rivers book, uh-huh. by autobiography, and she... Her very first acts, she would just do what she saw on TV as well. And when she, she was, was an adult? Yeah, in her 20s. Yeah. No shit. Mm-hmm. So don't feel bad about I it. I don't now. I love Joan Rivers, mm-hmm. man. I am so sad she passed. Oh, she's so good. Oh, I did get to see her one time since I've lived in New York before That's she amazing. passed. Yeah. That's so that was, yeah. I didn't really say anything to her. I was just like staring. I was like, ah. <laughs> I know. I've never seen her up close. Yeah. She looked great i mean you know her face definitely looked different at the end of her life than when she was younger but you know that happens yeah all right fits dog radio yes you started stand up for the first time started stand up for the first time um do you remember your first time yes i do uh the first time i went up was at io west improv Uh olympic west and um the guy who went before me, uh, no, the host, was taller than me and, like, a lot taller than me. And I didn't understand mic stands. <laughs> yeah, no, it takes, it's a learning curve. Yeah, so, like, I, I sort, I was super nervous and I tried to, like, mess with the mic stand to make it lower, but I couldn't. And so I basically took the mic and angled it down to my face and did my whole act up into the mic. Like, I was eating a carrot. That's adorable. (laughs) Which I think is the only reason people were laughing through my whole set. Was I don't even know if my jokes were that funny or not, but I think they were just laughing that I was talking, like, up into a mic. Was it an open mic? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. It was a really friendly mic. And uh, the second time I went, um, I followed Tim Meadows. <laughs> At an open mic? At an open mic. He just dropped in because he wanted to try out some stuff, and that would be safe because, like, who's really at an open mic? At iOS? Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And he went, and they, like, 
obviously he showed up and so they just like stuck him in. Yeah. And he, they, they're like, oh, you're going to go after Tim. And I was like, oh, cool. And I didn't see him like walk in. So I was like, Matt, Tim, whoever. And then I see Tim Meadows go up and I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I think that's like the hardest I've bombed ever. My second time doing stand up after Tim Meadows. He didn't even like say any jokes. People were just dying just because it was Tim Meadows. Yeah. He was just talking about like divorce or something. I don't know. It's kind of dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So then did you do, continue doing a bunch of mics out there? Yeah. I was sort of, I don't know. I didn't really understand what goes into stand up when I was out what do you there. Mean? I like, I would. I had done a lot of improv and sketch before stand-up. In college? Um, no, like after college. Like While before you were... I started working with Greg, I did improv. Like with I got the really autistic in. kids? No, no, like... no, separate from them. Like as my activity, my fun But activity. at the same time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like I would work with autistic kids all day and then go do improv at night. Where at? iOS. At iOS. Yeah. I was, like, I basically lived at iOS for a couple years. Like, I worked as an intern there, which is why I got so many classes for free. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I eventually worked um, as a cocktail server. Um, And then I was just there, like, all the time. Nice. Yeah. And this guy that I was dating at the time was like, you don't ever go anywhere else. Like, where we can't hang out. You're only just at this place. But that makes it time. easy so he should know where to find He should know where to, exactly. I mean, you get it. We yeah, could have dated I, back then and it would have been fine. Absolutely. <laughs> but he didn't understand that I had to be there. Um, so, yeah, I was there and then I, um, somebody, a couple people had said like I should try a stand up but then I was just like I'm still too scared and I liked improv because it's like a group and like you're not by yourself. And, yeah. But I started getting, like, scared of improv. Why? I don't, I don't know. I just got, like, really nervous not knowing what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, I, it started... I started getting nervous about improv after I did stand-up. Because, like, I started writing what I was going to say and then got used to writing. And I sort of, like, improvise within my set, but I still, like, know where I'm going with it. Right. But going up and, like, not knowing at all what's going to happen, I, uh, like... I, I did this show where... You're just supposed to take a suggestion and then just, like, riff and come up with your own set in the moment. And I was so terrified. I was, like, having the shakes. But I got up there and, like, it worked again. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what improv, this is what I liked about improv. Right. Um, You did that recently? Yeah, I did it, like, a a few months ago. It was at um, uh, Theobald's show, Um, Camille. Camille's show. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah, at the uh, Secret Sting. Queen's Secret Improv? Something. I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> like I'm how sure we try to. Show. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to. I've only been to that theater like once or twice. Queen's so, Secret Improv? I've never been. No, I don't know that that's what it's called. I but The Secret? I don't know. I feel like there was a I secret in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm like looking at Mo. I'm like, where, where else? He's nodding. Like, yeah, secret. yeah, sure, sure, <laughs> secret. Uh, I don't know. Um, okay, so we're doing open mics, and then did you pound the pavement with the open mics? Like, were you doing? No. Them? Oh, that's where we were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, what was I? What was my point when I was talking? Um, so I like didn't understand what it took to do stand up in Los Angeles at mm-hmm. all. Like, I did a couple bikes, and I was like. Yeah, I'm ready for my special. I've legit. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I did. 
like maybe a couple of months of mics and I'm like, all right, I'm going to just do shows at the improv and the laugh factory and like, they're going to pay me and this, we're done. We're, this is how we're doing. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Did I not know? Yeah. 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 And so like I would do like one, maybe two mics a week and like sometimes I would do shows and I just thought like I was, I think everybody starts out like that, right? Like they just think they're the shit. No, I no. think I'm, <laughs> I think I'm No, that's good that you're confident. I always think I'm not the anymore. worst piece of shit. Yeah, I'm not confident. Especially in New York, I'm not confident anymore. It's so, really? like, intense. Yeah, but, I mean, it makes me want to be better. Mm. I mean, it's different. So, like, here I do stand-up, like, every night. Whether it's a mic or a show, I'm out every night um, watching shows, just, like, totally absorbing everything in this community. And I understand, like... I need so much more work. Like, I feel like I didn't start stand-up, actually, until I got here. Mm. Like, it's so such a So, how long camp. have you been doing it before you moved here? Like, a year and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, like, not really doing it. Like, going to a handful of mics and being like, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. What do you mean, though? Like, a couple of mics a week? Or, like, how often? Like, I would... One or two a week. Okay. That's it. And then I wasn't even really trying to write new stuff that much. Yeah. I mean... Every once in a while, I'll be like, yeah, I guess I'll try this new one. But it wasn't, like, now every day I'm like, I need to write at least one new joke a day. And I need to, like, try Do it you? out. Yeah. yeah. Well, I try to. Some days I can't or, like, I'm too busy. Um, but then I'll try to make up for it a different day and write, like, a mm. bunch more. It's made me into, like, a totally neurotic. I think the cat's going to fuck up the recording. <laughs> like, pulling all the cords out of the computer. She's like another guest. <laughs> She's like, why aren't you paying attention to me? Um, it's made you neurotic. How so? I think so. Uh, just because like, that's like all I can think about and do right now. That's like, good. I'm just working on it and like, I don't know. I, well, I feel like I get into my head a lot more. I don't, do you get into your head? What do you mean into your head? Uh, like way overthinking and analyzing things and just like. No, I have been through that uh-huh. where I'm like super obsessive about my process and now I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum where I don't prepare (laughs) don't think about it at all so I'm trying to come out of that a little bit and find a balance I'm very extreme so I'm trying to find a balance between the two oh I'm extreme too yeah like I I go through phases for sure and I'm in this like crazy phase right now where I just want to be doing as much as I can all the time and I'm just really How many mics a week do you feel like you're doing now? It depends on how many shows I'm doing mm. and like or how many how many times in a week do you perform? Uh well like if we're going to call open mics performing then yeah. I would say uh at least 5 days a week I I go out if not 6. I try to like keep one night as date night yeah. uh, so that my husband doesn't hate me forever and divorce me for never being home and only hanging out with other guys. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to do that. That's good. You're, yeah, you're in hustle mode. That's great. I'm in hustle mode, but it is making me a little bit crazy. Like, I have a really hard time sleeping, and I'm always, like, nervous. I'm, like, missing something. I feel like that's New York. Is FOMO. I feel like I'm, yeah. yeah. What is that? There's so much going on. I don't know. I feel like I'm always missing something. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, why do you have a hard time sleeping? Um, I mean, part of the feeling, like, uh, I'm missing stuff, or, like, I'm not where I need to be. I don't know, like, just general. What am I doing with yeah. my life? Will well, I, I mean, ever that's... succeed? 
I feel like this is well-trodden territory. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's like, well, you know, I... I'm not where I thought I would be, you know, I'm 31 now, and so I'm not where career, I thought I'd be, like, just making six figures by now, <laughs> just, like, Duh. easy, you know? Yeah. Like, I just assumed that I would have had that unlocked by, like, 25, mm-hmm. but I didn't start stand-up until, like, well after I was 25, so there's, like, no way I could possibly be at the six-figure stand-up level. Uh, I mean, people who've been doing stand-up for years aren't even at the six-figure stand-up level. Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, it's it's impossible for me to expect that, but, like, I feel just in general... You know, when you, like, see other people your age sort of at certain levels, you're like, oh. Oh, so. oh do I know. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Plus, there's always this, like, I want to be funnier. Can I be funnier? Like, can I just get funnier now? Yeah. For me, it's like, uh, I'm not funny. <laughs> oh, It's not no. like I, like... I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I want to be funnier, but, like, no matter what I do, I'm not funny. You know That's I mean? the thoughts you have? Yeah. All those are bad. You gotta undo those. It's just a phase, like the last month. Okay. Okay, so it's not like forever. It's like a seasonal depression. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It'll pass. Good. Every year. It's just kind of fun to look forward to. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's what I'm doing now. I don't know. I feel like I'm always, especially when I see people here, there's people here that are fucking warriors yeah. of stand up. And they are just out there all the time, just killing and just. I, I don't even know how they do so many mics in a night. I can't do that. I'm too beaten down. I, <laughs> I, I have a nine to five, so I'm like exhausted. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm exhausted all the time. Like, I'm happy because I'm doing and I'm working towards what I want. But yeah. like, there's all these other things that go into it. Um, that's just, it makes me fucking tired, man. I, I sleep on the subway yeah. like nobody's business. <laughs> One day I woke up and there was, like, drool on my shirt. It's like, oh, God, I really did it. And people were watching me just drool. But at least it wasn't snot. It wasn't snot. <laughs> um, but are you, do you see the progression and the change in your performance? Do you feel like the work is worthwhile? And yeah. Something? Yeah, although I have some moments where, like, and I don't, I, I can't put my finger on what it is, but there are some days that I feel, feel like I just I'll get like really nervous and I'll just make mistakes that I haven't made in years and I don't know why it happens this cat's all about this equipment (laughs) that's velcro yeah but Um, what do you mean what kind of mistakes just like stupid stuff like a joke that I've known for uh, that I've done for a while it's like I'm at a show and I'll be in the middle of it and I'll like just forget how the rest of it goes because I haven't done it in a while because I've been trying too. new yeah. stuff. It's so frustrating yeah, I though because like, I know this joke. I mean, I can say this joke in my sleep, so I don't know why it happens. Uh, I don't know if it's just like a nerves thing or what's going on with it, but um, yeah, I get super frustrated with myself. Or yeah. like sometimes I'll stutter. Yeah, I hate that shit. Yeah, it's, I mean, I guess it's a live art form, and so anything can happen, but I just would hope that at this point, that I've done it enough times, that that wouldn't happen anymore, Mm -hmm. you know? And, like, it is better, now that I'm performing with such frequency, I feel like I don't get as nervous each time I go up. Yeah. Um, But I do feel like if I do take a week out, like, if I have to travel over, like, for the holidays, I was gone for about a, a week or so, um... It was really hard coming back. 
Yeah, it's like the, one of the only things you can do. Somebody said it's like one of the only things, sport, can we call it a sport? Um, where if you take off a week, you like forget how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Claudia said she took off a month, Claudia Kogan, and I was like, what? Yeah. She's how, like, what, I'm just not going to do shows that don't make me happy. I was like, good. That's smart. But like, did she feel any anxiety not doing it for a month? Mm-mm. She has her first show tomorrow after a month. Yeah. Oh, so this is just happening. Yeah. Oh my god. She's so she's said she's so happy. <laughs> really. Oh, man. But she's secure with where she is in her career, and she's very accomplished and very funny, yeah. and she like knows her sense of humor. She knows how to write for it. She knows yeah. what she needs. You know. So since she wasn't performing, was she at least writing? I think she was writing, yeah. Okay, she just didn't do shows. Like, part of that sounds so appealing, like, Mm. to just take a big-ass break. Because you got to take care of yourself, too. Yeah, and I do. I tried, like, yesterday I watched a bunch of (laughs) movies on my couch uh, because I just couldn't do anything anymore. Yeah. I was really tired. Now, is Noah, your husband, doing stand-up now as well? No. No, He doesn't like it. He He can't do it. He doesn't... I don't know. He's just... A classic writer. Like, he just wants to put down the words and not actually do them. Good. He's not a performer, yeah. Good for him. No, it's great, yeah. Does he, um, get, I don't want to say mad, or does he miss you going out every night? Or, like, you guys make time to hang out with each other? Because I know with Austin and I, sometimes we have to, like, schedule time to yes. hang out with each other. Yeah. yeah we have to fun? schedule, like, date. I like I said, I try to do one night a week. At least one night a week where mm-hmm. we can hang out. Um, sometimes he'll come out to shows too, and then we'll we'll hang out that way. Um, although I think sometimes he gets frustrated because after shows a lot, like I like to talk to people. Yeah. Because um, I mean, I came here with no friends. Yeah. I didn't know anybody. Like you were one of the first people. Yeah. I was like, oh, she was talking to me. I have a friend now. But now you know everybody. Everybody uh, knows you. I don't feel like I know everybody. I keep like hearing about people. I'm like, oh, I don't know that one yet, and it's frustrating because I want to know everybody. <laughs> like I like knowing everybody in mm-hmm. these circles and. Um, I like meeting new people out here, um, mostly because it's, like, super lonely here if you don't know anybody. Yeah, if you don't have a community. few months I was here, it was rough, because, like, I was doing auto show work, and it was taking me out of town a lot, and Mm -hmm. so... Um, I mean, I don't know how it was when you first started doing stand-up here, but I felt like not being around... Because I would be gone for, like, a month at a time sometimes, and... Like, not showing up at a mic for, like, a month and then coming back. Like, nobody... I don't think people knew what to think of me. I think they thought I was, like, a fair-weather comic that just Mm. sort of decided to show up sometimes. And, like, like a lot of people would do this thing where, like, they would pretend they didn't really know. Like, I knew they... As I had seen them a couple times... You didn't do this, for sure. You knew, like, who I was. But, like, there were some people who were like, wait, what was your name? That's right. I know what your name was. Like, yeah, like... Oh, yeah, you've decided to grace us again with your, with your presence. And I was like, oh. People are so snobby. Like, who cares? The stand-up community here is so, like, oh, you have to prove yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It was really int- – there's a lot of – when I first started doing mics here, I was very intimidated. I was, like, super scared. And I How was – How come? 
because everybody was like really good and like I felt that I felt that judgment yeah. like they're looking they don't know who you are and they're like judging you based on what you can put out and so I was like only using stuff that I I wasn't trying anything new at Mike's I was just mm. using material that I knew worked because I was sort of just trying to prove myself which I was like that's not the point of fucking open mics it's right. to try all your new shit out right um, but now I feel like I, I know enough people that, you know, I feel more comfortable and I can try new things. And the only thing though, that I don't like, and I keep trying to like change up the mics I go to is that, um, it, it gets clicky, um, which that it happens. Like if you keep seeing the same people and they tend to like you, obviously it's going to get clicky, but I feel like, uh, it's like too forgiving almost and not necessarily a true gauge of whether or not your joke works like, like if I, your friends are, yeah, yeah 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 I agree with you. so a lot of times I'll mix it up just so I can be around people that don't haven't seen me as much or don't know me as well and it'll be a true like oh this really doesn't work <laughs> oh this silence is real right now yeah wait so when did you meet Noah I met him in LA but when? Fixed <laughs> dog or autistic? Oh my god, it was five. We've been together like five or six years. Um, I think I might. I think I met him when I was still working with the um, autistic kids. Okay. Yeah. How'd you guys meet? Uh, so Brent, who's our mutual friend, uh, he was living with Brent and. We were both dating horrible people, uh-huh. and Brent was like, I hate both of your significant others, so break up with them, and then you guys date, and then we can all hang out, and it'll be much easier. Yeah. And so, like, we're like, shut up, and then we ended up breaking up just naturally with these awful people, and we just started dating, Aww. and he got what he wanted. Brent won, so. <laughs> he was also our officiant. So. He was? Yeah, yeah. Where did you guys get married? Paso Robles. What's that? Uh, it's like a poor man's Napa. (laughs) It's more rural, but like, it's generally the same thing. It's like white and country where you just go up these roads and stop at vineyards and stuff. And we got married, um, outside under like this oak tree. And then there was like a barn. Cause that was my one thing. I was like, I want a barn. Mm -hmm. I want there to be a barn. I get it. Like a year ago you got married? Or two years? Uh, it was 20... 13, so it's almost two years now. Wow. Almost two years. Because you guys moved here right after you Right got, after. Yeah. yeah. So, I, there are uh, wedding anniversary and New York anniversaries around the same time. <laughs> yeah. Is Noah liking it here? Um, he likes it less than he <laughs> did when we first got here. It was crazy because we moved here for him and he was super excited about it. Because he got a job as a writer on Best Week Ever. That's right. Yeah. Um, and that's how, like, we got. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I think we met before. I knew you from the mic before. Yeah. From Open And Michelle. then we, we put two and two together. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh. Um, but, uh, once Best Week Ever stopped, he, uh, he just wasn't as into it because he wanted he wants to be a TV writer and um, he's working at Food and Wine now, which isn't TV. So like he's not into that as much. Although like his job has some pretty sweet perks. I've heard that that's a great yeah. place to work. Yeah. Uh, we get free wine all the time, and it's not like two buck chuck. It's like a hundred fifty dollar bottles. 
which has ruined me now because <laughs> I can't have cheap wine anymore. Because I'm like, oh, this tastes like crap. I want like the nicer ones. Yeah. But um, and then he does these really cool events and he meets these awesome people. Like he got to talk to uh, the the guys who started Sierra Nevada Brewing and he's talked to oh. Uh, was it Dominique Ansel or something? Yeah. Uh, the Cronut, Cronut guy. guy. Yeah. <laughs> talk to Cronut guy. Wow. He's talked to like all of these amazing food people that basically define food culture in New York City. Um, That's a- And it's awesome, but like it's still not TV writing for him. So in his head, he feels like whatever. But um, he has like a lot of friends out here though. So um, I just tell him he's being a baby. But eventually he wants to be in LA. Yeah. Which I wouldn't mind moving back. Like, all my friends are there. My family's there. But I'm not, I'm not done with New York yet. You're getting... Really. I feel like you're, like, really busting your chops. I'm trying to. Getting like, your while chops. I'm here, like, I don't know how much time I have left here before he, like, forces me to move back. Yeah. You know? um, I don't know. I don't... Yeah, I don't want to leave. I'm, like, super... The more I stay here, though, like, the more I just want to be here. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I'll ever really want to move. Like, I feel like I could just be bi-coastal for the yeah. rest of my life. Yeah. You know, have, like, a group in both coasts and then just kind of, like, hop back and forth. That's the dream. Right? Like, mm. I feel like that would be awesome, but his dream is to be in one place. Uh, mm. So we've got some <laughs> decisions on the horizon. Uh, yeah. But for now, he's, like, he's doing okay. I think, like, not having to stress out about uh, paying the rent and stuff is helps, but, you know, there's that part of you is like I want to be doing what I want to be doing Mm, absolutely so that's the the constant struggle struggle do your dogs see ghosts I think my cat sees ghosts really yeah I don't I don't know they're pretty dumb (laughs) (laughs) my cats are way smarter than dogs they're really do you believe in ghosts yeah like fully yeah for sure I, I have periods where I, like, super believe, and then other periods where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Why not? I don't... Like, I would like to think that. I think I'd be personally really scared to be a ghost, though. Because, like, if you're trapped... It's trapped, for sure. Right. Yeah. Like, that... Like, part of me, like, it might be kind of fun to, like, fuck with people for a while, but then you're trapped. Yeah. You're I stuck you're in this, like, sort of middle world. Purgatory, yeah. Forever. Yeah. No wonder a lot of them are so angry. <laughs> like, My Guilty Pleasure, oh, I don't even remember what the name of the show is. Um, I, like, binge watched it in a hotel once, but it was, like, these ghost hunters or something. Ghost hunters, that's <laughs> the that show. what it's called? Yeah. Oh, my God. Their reactions over, like, the energy levels that their equipment They're right? ridiculous. <laughs> but Long Island Medium, oh. now that's real. Oh, she is a trip. Yeah. I love those shows. Me too. Oh, my God. I could want... I could legit not move for a week straight and just watch those shows. Absolutely. That, like, I have a lot of reality shows that I could just binge watch. What else? Uh, Although I've lost my luster for for the housewives. I know. It's just fighting now. Yeah. It's hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's, I feel like it was great and now it's not. And I can't watch real world world anymore just because I feel like they're just fucking. (laughs) They're just... No, but the new season is called Skeletons, and they bring in people from their past that are, like... So it's real-world skeletons? Yeah. And so they bring in, like, their biggest enemies from their home. 
By wow. producers too. So the producers are fucking with them. Oh my it's god. It's pretty well, good. Well the producers fuck with them like oh, and their footage like after everything is taped too. They like doctor the shit out oh, of yeah. all of that. I mean that's kind of amazing though. I have a lot of respect for editors to make a storyline out of like nothing. Nothing, yeah. Nothing. That's pretty awesome. Did you ever audition for Real Real World? I always dreamed of it. Yeah. And then when I got to the age where I could do it, like my twenties, I was like no, <laughs> did you? Right, I did not audition. I did think about it, and then uh, I just didn't really like know how to do it, and I didn't try hard enough to find the information to do it. Yeah, and then like afterward, I'm like, oh, I'm really glad I didn't do that. I'm pretty sure my parents would have disowned me. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't do that. Yeah. Um, what's his face? There's a dude from Real World that's on the Kroll show now. I. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Ooh. CT. I had to look at it. It was bothering me because I saw his face. He was in a Gigolo House uh-huh. sketch. And I was like, I know that face. How do I know that face? And I just, so yeah. See, but they actually called it out within the episode. So, like, okay. I'd already, like, real. I did all my Google searching to satisfy myself beforehand. And then they did that little interstitial where, like, he talks to people. And yeah. you, you watch The Curl Show, right? Yeah. I'm not up to date with it, but oh, yeah. Okay. That's funny, though. Well, I only recently made myself current last night. So okay. <laughs> don't feel too bad. I'm not, I'm not super on top okay, of it. Good. It's hard to find time to watch TV. It's so hard. And then it's like if you've been sitting through comedy all day, I don't want to watch Watch more com- comedy. No. No. You know what's really good and mm. isn't comedy? Uh, Transparent. Oh, of course. Oh, I'm, my God. I watch all the episodes right away. Yeah. It's amazing. I, Jeffrey Tambor, man. Hot guy. He needs all the awards. All of well, they won what two? It was I think two. Golden Globes. Yeah, um, good for them, man. Amazon it's is beautiful. Yeah. yeah, thank you for coming on the podcast. This is great. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you over. Yeah, no, thank you. This is a lot of fun. It's been fun uh, watching your cats go ape shit with stupid <laughs> and the ghosts. She like stares at one point. Just stares in his face. Eliana Herbachko, you guys, wasn't she great? Ugh. Oh, learned so much about autism and myself when I was talking to her in that conversation. All right, I'm going to go do this show for the kids. They're not kids. Some of them might be older than me. I don't know. For my students. Uh, yeah, I, I'm too fast. Okay, I love you. Bye. But now I'm t-